While I personally hate to fly, there are some things that happen on and with an airplane that always teach me awesome lessons. Let's get into one right now. Let's go. Welcome to the Influencer Podcast, a podcast created to equip and empower Christ followers with this one truth. The Jesus who died to live in us also died so he can be shared by us. My name is Marcos and I am a Christ follower. Thank you for taking some time to be here with me right now. Um, whether you're walking, you're um, on the treadmill, you're on the train, on the bus, in traffic, I'm praying for you right now. You're making coffee, making dinner, whatever you're doing. Thank you for giving me this time uh, to be with you. Um, it's going to be awesome. Today we're doing a read with me. And this episode is really extra special to me because God is really dealing with my heart. You may or may not know, but I co-host another podcast with my wife called Swazo Talk. And in the uh, volume finale, we looked at Mark chapter eight, where Jesus restored sight to a blind man. And uh, ever since doing that podcast and through the editing process, having to listen to that story over and over again, uh, some things jumped out at me. And I want to do a read with me for one of my favorite book in the book of Psalms. There is something about this account in Mark chapter eight that really, really um, uh, spoke to me uh, this whole week. And some people bring a man to Jesus and Jesus leads the man out of the village and he does something super unconventional and, and heals his eyes and asks the man, can you see now? And the, the man is honest and says, I can't see. And Jesus uh, does something again and heals him completely. Something that stuck out to me is the fact that this man allowed Jesus to lead him out of the village. And there are times when Jesus uh, takes us uh, either to a place or from a place. And we um, there are times when we may want to fight him on what he's doing. But this man allowed Jesus to pull him out of the village. Um, then he was open and honest with Jesus and he got his healing, but nothing happens unless he allows Jesus to lead him out of the village. And oftentimes when I hear this passage, it's about vision and God giving you vision. And that can be uh, somewhat superficial at times. But what I see in this story is our ability to see clearly, our ability to look at ourselves and, and, and take stock of how we are seeing and what we are seeing. I mean, understanding that that is an, as often a, a daily process of us looking at ourselves, allowing Jesus to lead us to a place where he can uh, deal with us and have us look and seeing if we're able to see clearly. Because in all honesty, there are times when we don't see clearly, when the, the cares of life uh, cause us to see in a cloudy way where we're not seeing everything that matters 100%. We're dealing with things that don't matter and we're ignoring things that do matter. That's a problem. That's a problem for every child of God who is not handling their personal business. And the biggest challenge with this is that this is often a weekly process, a daily process. My number one, now I'm gonna, now I'm gonna tell you a Marco secret. My biggest enemy on the face of the planet is laundry. But I'm going to tell you why I despise laundry so much. And in all honesty, the reason I hate it and I despise it is the reason I've come to love it. And here's that reason right now. 
regardless of how clean I wash the clothes this week. If I continue living, if I continue breathing, if I continue just living life and doing regular things, I'm going to have to do laundry again the next week. It's a constant process of cleaning, of washing, assessing, cleaning, and washing. Um, and that's why I hate laundry. But that's why I love laundry because it's a reminder of how hard the work is to clean something and, and understanding that I may have to go back and clean that thing again. I think that's a good representation of our spiritual health. There are going to be times when we are free from something and that freedom brings about new clarity where you see things differently. And as you see things differently, you see that some other things have to change. Now that can either be depressing or that can be encouraging. That God would allow me the favor to get to a different level where I see different things so I can address those things. Things that I might have been ignoring, things that I might have put on the wayside, things that I might have deemed unimportant or I have taken for granted. God is showing me that those things need to be worked on. Just this morning, I was talking to Sam, and again, I keep referencing our Bible plan, and she's going through the book of Psalms, and she stopped me this morning. She said, what's up with David? Why can't he get his life together? One chapter, he's good. The next chapter, he's raggedy. One chapter, he's happy. The next chapter, he's talking about, woe is me. And in all honesty, David is going through life, assessing his life, and ensuring that he's moving closer to Jesus Christ. He's bearing his heart to move closer to Jesus Christ with every waking moment that he has. Which brings me to my plane story I started off with. Now, in all honesty, I hate flying. I legit hate flying. Because of control issues, I have no control of the plane. Long story, but Jesus is still working in me. Amen? One of the things I happen to to love is the flight attendants when they give the same speech that is given in every flight. And something in there is of, of extreme importance. When it comes to when you come into a situation where there is an emergency and the masks fall down, the one thing they tell you to do is to put the mask on yourself first so that you can be able to assist someone in the best form and fashion. Because if you aren't in a place where you are uh, as whole as you can be, you may put yourself in a position where you're far worse off to both yourself and the other person. And that's where I want to bring us to my, the Read With Me section. And I want to go to one of my favorite Psalms, Psalm 101. And again, before I read, I want to pray. Father, uh, I thank you for this day. I thank you for your word, which is alive and powerful. I thank you. I have the opportunity to open your word right now, oh God, and with total freedom, oh God, to read your word open, oh God, to um, see what your word is saying to my heart today, oh God. Father, oh God, even though I've read this psalm uh, a, a million times, oh God, please speak to my heart today in a different way, oh God, in a new way, oh God, so I can see you and know you for who you are, so I can be whole, oh God, so that I can go out and love others from a place of wholeness, oh God. Father, I thank you. I praise you in the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. So here we go, Psalm 101. This is Psalm of David, and it goes, I will sing of your love and justice, Lord. I will praise you with songs. I'll be careful to live a blameless life. When will you come and help me? So in there, David is saying, I'll be careful to make sure that everything I do is done for a place where I can be found blameless. 
I'm not going to get everything perfect, but I'm going to make sure that everything I do with is filled with intention to be blameless. That means when I mess up, I'm going to come to you and I'm going to admit that I messed up. But I'm going to ensure that my life is blameless before you. Verse 2 continues, I will lead a life of integrity in my own home. He's saying in my own life, I'm going to make sure I'm living a life where everything I do comes from a place of integrity. Again, will I mess up? Will I fall? We see from David's life, indeed, he messed up and he fell. But he's going to make sure that everything he does is seasoned with integrity. That means I'm going to be repentant. I need to be repentant. I'm going to follow through on what you've called me to do with 100% obedience. Verse 3, I will refuse to look at anything vile or vulgar. I hate all who deal crookedly. I will have nothing to do with them. David's saying that whatever comes before my eye, I'm going to ensure that nothing that I choose to look at, that it's going to have anything vile or vulgar, where it's going to put me in a place where I stumble. And if I need to remove things out of my life, I'm going to do that because I don't want to look at anything that will cause me to stumble. He says, I hate all who deal crookedly, which means I'm going to stay away from those who intentionally do things with a desire to be dishonest, with a desire to do things from a place of, uh, that isn't loving. I, I refuse to do that. Verse four, I will reject perverse ideas and stay away from evil, which means when an idea or a concept comes to me, I'm going to look at it. And if it is not of the will of God, I'm gonna, I need to reject that. Because I don't want to do anything that has the potential to pull me away from the relationship I have with Jesus Christ. Verse 5, I will not tolerate people who slander their neighbors. I will not endure conceit and pride. David is saying here that anyone around me who does not love their neighbor, and the neighbor is anyone who's around them, who, who moves with hatred, who moves with dissension, who moves from a place that is not loving, I cannot tolerate those people. And I need to remove myself from them because that is not the heart of Christ. That is not the way God would want me to move. And if I continue to stay around people who do that, then I, it, will, it will affect me. It will have bearing on my soul. It will have bearing on how I love people. And I cannot live that way. Verse six, I will search for faithful people to be my companions. David is saying, I'm going to find people who love people the way Jesus Christ has called them to love. I'm going to ensure the people that I choose to be around are people who are living and loving and serving the way Jesus has called them to live, love, and serve. Verse six continues, only those who are above reproach will be allowed to serve me David is saying, the people who I choose to make my friends and family, the people who I want to lock arms with and walk in the faith with, only those people who understand how they want to live their life to serve Jesus Christ. And I want to lock arms with them and move forward and make sure that I am walking with the people whose heart are pure. Now, are these people going to mess up and are these people are going to, are going to live lives where they aren't perfect? Of course but people who want to make sure that everything they do is seasoned with integrity, that they're not afraid of apologizing. They're not afraid of saying I messed up. They're not afraid of saying that I don't have it all together. They're not afraid of saying I need help. Those are the people who I want to make sure that I am around. Verse seven, I will not allow deceivers to serve in my house and liars will not stay in my presence. 
David again is saying, this is the second time he's brought up people who he doesn't want to be around. As a matter of fact, in verse three, David says he's not going to deal with anyone who deals crookedly. If their actions are crooked, I'm not going to do it. But in verse seven, he says, I'm not going to allow people who deceive, which means their actions may not be visible, but they may be doing things in secret that is wrong. He says, if you don't have a pure motive, then I can't rock with you. And that's New York for saying, I can't be around you. He said, if your motives are not pure, if you have a secondary agenda in everything you do, then I cannot be around you. If your words aren't seasoned with grace and you always want to manipulate, then I can't be around you. If you're too busy filling your own agenda and not fulfilling the mission of God and living, loving, and serving the way God has called us to live, love, and serve, I can't be around with you. Then verse 80 finishes and says, My daily task will be to ferret out the wicked and free the city of the Lord from their grip. From that, I take that. He says, Every day I'm going to look in my heart and ferret out the things in my heart that do not belong in my heart so that I can walk in wholeness and in purity. David's whole thing was about living in wholeness. He wasn't worried about being holy, he was worried about being whole. And in his life, he wanted to be around people who were more concerned with being whole than being holy. So as I close, I want to remind you that your life has tremendous influence, that God has given you a calling to go out and to reconcile people back to him. In order to do that, we do that best when we're coming from a place of wholeness. I pray that you allow Jesus to lead you out of the village into a place where he can look at you and work in your heart so that you obtain clearer vision, so that you begin to see more and see more, maybe not see more of others, but see more of yourself and be able to have God to look in your heart and, and, and begin to commune with God and, and speak to him so that he can move you closer and closer to wholeness. I think our journey to wholeness is where we get the blessing of holiness. I thank you for spending time with me in this episode. If you haven't already, connect with the podcast on social media. Stop by and join the conversation at the Hymn Florida Podcast on Instagram. Remember, wherever you go, your influence matters. I look forward to being with you soon. Until then, keep influencing for him.